Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. As Brother Darrell's already said today, we're going to be talking about the parable of the sower. If you will turn with me to Mark chapter, chapter 4 and verse 2, I'm going to read two verses and then you can be seated. <clears throat> Mark 4 and 2, the Bible says, And he taught them many things by parables. And he said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Today, if you will, you can be seated today. God's word will grow in good ground in our hearts. And today we're going to talk about that for a few minutes about the parable of the sower but we're going to talk about you know different areas of that about sowing seeds. The series, the series that we're starting this month examines four parables Jesus taught in the Gospels to prepare your heart to seek God, love grace, and live righteously. I'm going to start with a story today of um, Helen Keller. Helen Keller was a young lady that was born in the 1800s, and at the age of just she was around 19 months old. She got this, come across this sickness that, that um, that only not, that took her sight, but it also took her hearing also. And so, in the but the story picks up as Ann Sullivan became Helen Keller's tutor on March the third of eighteen eighty seven. It was a challenging task because because she was to help Helen understand words, since she was not only deaf but she was also blind as well. Ann Sullivan knew that this would be. Was like to be a vision, know how what it was like to be visually impaired because she had also had went through many surgeries for her sight. In the 1800s, I imagine that was pretty a dotting thing. But she went through many sights, but finally, partially got her sight restored. Anne was a few years older than Helen, so she watched Helen in her life. Anne felt that her ability to reach Helen was solely dependent upon discipline and love. Anne began teaching Helen by manually signing into this child's hand. She formed letters, Helen formed letters correctly and in correctly order, the correct order, but she could not comprehend the words that she was spelling. One day, Anne was trying to teach Helen the difference between the words mug and the words milk. And Helen kept confusing these words with the word drink. Could you imagine trying to figure out how to spell words when you couldn't hear or you could not see? Anne took Helen outside to the water pump, and she let the water pour across Helen's hands. With the other hand, Anne spelled the W-A-T-E-R. Suddenly, the signal made sense. Helen knew what the water meant, that wonderful, cool substance that was flowing over her hands. She dropped, then she dropped to the ground, and she patted the earth, demanding the letters for what the, the ground was. 
By that evening, Helen had, Helen had learned 30 different words. Ellen Sullivan, Ann Sullivan, has been called the miracle worker because she was, had success and she had to teach Helen Keller how to read. To go on to find this story, if you find and follow Helen Keller, Helen Keller went on to, to be the first person to ever to get a degree from Harvard. This lady, this lady went on to do a lot of different things. But today the key was that Anne found a way to connect what she was teaching Helen with something to which Helen could relate. The cool water on her sin made, her, made such an impression that Anne spelled it in her hand that a light bulb turned on in her life. Many have asked the same question about why Jesus taught parables. But Jesus taught parables so that the, we could, the people that he was teaching could relate. Just like Anne taught Helen, she finally found something that would relate with her. Me growing up as a child through school, they had, the teachers had to find some things. The teachers that found things that related to me is the teachers that taught me more than anything else. Because sometimes some, some of us don't learn the same way as other people learn. And we have to find the ways to learn. And that's what Jesus knew, the, the greatest teacher who ever lived. Jesus knew the best way to get his message across was to make a connection to the people that, would be able to, that they would be able to relate. And so that's why we find parables through the Bible. We find Jesus teaching parables because he used common acts of examples as illustrations for the truth. And that was a key of helping those who had the hearts to help them understand. When he taught things that they understood, he taught things that they could relate to. Jesus knew that those that came to listen to him teach would understand daily actions of the others that are around them. They, they would be quite familiar with the lifestyle of a sower or a farmer. They, their livelihood depended on the harvest of the food and the grain for their personal survival. They growed, they growed things for themselves, or, or they, they're, they're the people, or their neighbors around them had grew things. They planted seeds, and they, they watched them grow, and they, they began, because that was their personal survival. Just like today, you know, some people in the community we live in, most of us, if not, maybe not, not everyone here has never farmed, but most people around in this community is, can relate to someone that farms. I mean, in the society we live, some places in the world, they're, they're, they, they, this not, would not help them because they don't understand. They think it all comes from the supermarket. But today in the world we live in, in our community, we're like the people in the Bible. We can, can relate to a seed and a sower. One of the first lessons that I learned when I began jail and prison ministry, I think it was one of the very first times I went to the Lafette County Jail with our pastor. I think it was the very first time I went to the jail. Me and him, as I went with him just, just to go along with, the, with the Brother Boyd, just go along with him to be there, we sat down on a bench with two young men. And as Brother Boyd started teaching, he started teaching a, just a simple Bible story that I learned when I was in probably the, the, the youngest Sunday school class. He just started sharing some Bible characters and started talking, and he was talking about David. And one of the young men, I mean, this young, this was a young man, this young man was probably in mid-20s, early 30s, looked at Brother Boyd and he says, who is David? Is David some guy that, that I would know? Or, you know, what I mean? you know what I mean? He just, he had no clue. 
He could not relate to what Brother Boy was talking about. And I saw our wise pastor. He just laid down his notes. Or his, his iPad or his pad that he had there with him. And he just, he just said he's got it down on his level. Broke it down to where he could understand what he was talking. He took the whole message and broke it down into a whole thing. And he didn't talk about David. He just talked about personal life that this guy could understand. And so sometimes in life we have to find things, reach people where we can relate to them. And that is what Brother Boyd showed me in that very first service when I went to that, 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 that jail ministry. And from that point forward, I understood. Sometimes, you know, I grew up in church. I know the lingo. I know the language. But sometimes in life I've learned, even in the ministry I'll do, sometimes I've learned that you have to get it down practical sometimes. There's some people where they can relate to that. Because it, don't, it just goes right over someone's head. It doesn't matter what you talk. It doesn't matter how powerful the word is if they're not comprehending that. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but when you don't comprehend in that, it's just words that's going over their head. Just like with this, this young girl, Helen, when yeah, she was spelling the words, she was spelling the words correctly, but she had no clue what they meant. And so sometimes in life, if it doesn't relate with us, it doesn't, we don't get the benefit from it. Jesus began this lesson introducing a sower of the crop. The sower was not expected to do anything other than generously sow the seed on the ground and prepare for planting. The sower was not responsible for the rain that would nurture the crop. He wasn't, he wasn't responsible for the sun that would provide the nutrients for the, 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 to require for growth. The sower's responsibility was sow the seed and watch the miracle of growth. That's all his job was, was to sow the seed. As we share the word of God with others, we are just doing just that. We're sowing the seeds of truth into their hearts. We must grow, we must sow generously to reap abundant harvest. We cannot sow a few seed if we're expecting a big harvest. We got to sow a, sow a lot of seed. We got to sow it generously. How you sow is how you're going to reap. If you sow a, a, plant a small garden, you're going to get a small crop. If you plant a 40-acre field, you're going to get a bigger crop. But if you plant a 200-acre field, you're going to get an even larger crop. And, and so we must look at that in our life. We must look at that thing in our life. We, how we sow is how we're going to reap. If we want to see this church full, we must have to, we're going to have to sow abundantly. We're going to have to sow more than we, we sow more to get more. If you sow nothing, then you expect nothing to receive. If our, response, our responsibility is to spread this gospel to every living soul. Jesus commissioned his disciples in Mark 16 and 15. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We are compelled, we are compelled, every one of us here today are compelled to sow the seed. This commission is to everyone under the sound of my voice. It doesn't matter if you stand behind a pulpit or if you, stand, if you teach a Sunday school class or what you do, we're all called to sow the seeds because we all, we, we all live in the communities. We all do things in the life. We are commissioned to sow the seed. If the commission seemed urgent when Jesus commanded it in Bible times, it is that just even that much more urgent for us today. As we see the day coming to a close, we see the, we see the day of the, Jesus coming back. We need to be that more urgent to share, to sow the seeds. 
Romans 10 and 14 ask us, how shall they hear without a preacher? A preacher is someone who proclaims the gospel. Other translations says it this way. How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? You know, sometimes when we read that scripture, we read that scripture in Romans 10. I've done it myself. They hear without a preacher. That means they got to come to church and hear a sand man standing behind a pulpit and preach the word. But no, when you take it this day, break this down a little bit further, from this perspective, we could say every believer is a preacher. Every believer is, in this, is called to sow this seed. Whether we call ourselves preachers or not, we are all commissioned to share this gospel. Every day, everywhere we go, we're called to share this gospel. We are to sow seeds in every place that we do go, on our jobs, at the grocery store, at the hardware store. We're called to sow the seeds. Sometimes I feel like, you know, I've, 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 I, have a, I have a co-worker that he, that every time you see him, and I've seen people see he he, he is, shares his gospel. He shares his, his, what he knows about God. And if you stand around him very long, and I've been convicted about this sometimes in my own life, because I feel like sometimes, you know, when he walks up, you know, he's going to start talking to somebody about God, about what Jesus has done for him. And, and sometimes I feel convicted about that because I say, well, I should be more like him. I should be sharing my gospel, sharing what I, Jesus has done for me. You don't have to open up a book and you don't have to open the Bible and preach out of revelations to share God's gospel. You can sow seeds by sharing what he has done for you in your life. You know, sometimes we, we feel like, well, I can't teach a Bible study or I can't, I can't just open revelations and talk about the seals and all that things with someone. You know, I, but, but you can share what God has done for you. And that seed will grow into other things in life. He keeps showing, he, he, he keeps sowing because he knows his work will eventually produce successful harvest. Has any farmers here today ever had to replant? Because the first seeds didn't come up. Sometimes in life, you know, we plant seeds in someone's life. And we don't see fruit from that. We don't see that seed grow. Sometimes we get discouraged. But just as farmer, I mean, I've, I, I'm not, I don't consider myself a great farmer. <laughs> because I've planted stuff and it didn't come up. I planted stuff and it come up about this tall and, that's, and the wheel didn't fell over. But you can't, get, you can't get discouraged when it doesn't grow like you think it does. We have to get up and plant another seed. We must also be generous in proclaiming the word of God to others. If sometimes when we, we share a testimony with someone or we invite someone to church and they don't come, we plant a seed there and it doesn't sprout, we can't get discouraged. We've got to replant that seed. Try again. Plant it again. Even though the word is always received, is not always received by the hearers, we cannot be discouraged. We faithfully continue to sow year after year because we are confident in the principle of the seed. Whatever we sow, we will surely reap.
Because that what's in that seed, you know, and, I, and this is not in my notes today, but I just feel, you know, when 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 God made that seed, the little literary seed, when you push it in the ground, everything in that seed that it needs to grow a tree, everything in an acorn to grow this great huge live oak, is all in that in that acorn. And the same thing is in this Word of God. This seed. When we plant that seed in someone's life, everything they need to know. We may not know, even know how to teach a Bible study on Revelations, but it, but everything they need to know is in that seed that we that small seed that we don't don't look like much, but we if we we'll plant that seed in their life, it will grow into whatever they need. And God, because God has put what we need in that seed. The same passage encourages us to be patient, even when we get tired of sowing. Paul said, if we, if we remain faithful, we will reap the harvest if we do not give up. We cannot count on successful harvest. We can, we can count on successful harvests of souls if we sow generously and we never give up. For the farmer to ensure a healthy crop, he makes sure that he sows good seeds. As sowers, we, are, we know that the word of God is a good seed. Any other doctrine that it, or any other truth of the gospel is not truth of the gospel would be considered a bad seed. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6 and 3, it says, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to, hold, to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud and knowing nothing. So if you go against this word of God, it's not a good seed. But if we'll plant this word in their life, the truth of Jesus Christ in their life, we will see and we will reap a harvest. If the seed does not flourish, it does not mean the seed is, not, is a bad seed. If we preach the truth or we share the truth, it's not nothing wrong with the seed. It may well be the condition of the soul, soil that it was planted in. All we can do is plant the good seed and pray that the hearts of those who receive it will be soft and fertile ground for that seed. The growth of that seed depends upon the type of soil it falls upon. The farmer shows the seed, sows the seed far and he sows the seed wide. He is not stingy with the application. If we sow the seeds in hope that the grounds will soak up the seed and nurture in contents and produce a healthy harvest, the seed that fails to grow, and then in this parable it talks about it lands on ground that was not conductive to a healthy growth. Some seeds, we, we sow some seeds that falls on unhealthy ground. And in the, the parable of this story, the, the, it talks about three different places. Some landed on hard packed ground, ground where people walked and where birds came along. And ate the seed. Sometimes seeds falls on ground that a hard heart. The seed just kind of bounces around and just falls there and lays there. And they see when it happens this, the birds comes along and they eat the seed. Some seed fell on rocky ground. This parable talks about where soils were shallow. And some fell among the weeds and the plants with thorns that choke out the good seeds. He sowed far and wide. So the seeds fell on all different types of ground. 
We must share God's word with everyone we can because we don't know what seeds will take root and what seeds will grow. It's not for us to choose who we're going to sow the seeds to. We, we don't know who, where the seed is going to take off. We don't know where the seed is going to flourish or not. All, we are, we're, all we're called to do is to push that seed in the ground. Push that seed in the ground and it will grow. Some seeds, some of the seeds we generously sow will fall upon rich, soft, moist soil and ready for that word. If we'll just keep casting seeds, some of them may fall on rocky ground. But if you keep casting seeds, I'm here to tell you, there's some seeds that will fall on some soft, some moist soil, ready for the word of God. Those that are hungry, and they're ready for the seed to be planted in their life. And then those seeds have great potential to flourish and to grow and to bring a harvest. It is apparent that we should desire our hearts on ourselves. We should desire our hearts to be conditioned not only to hear the word of God, but also to soak it up and to obey the, the principles that comes before that's taught to us. That soil that has been conditioned is soil that has been tilled. It's been soil that has been fertilized, rid of all the stones that hinder the growth. If our hearts is prepared, that's what we must do in our own life. I'm not talking about anybody else sowing the seed. We need to prepare our own hearts to absorb the seeds that's planted in our own lives. We are responsible for that condition of our hearts. We're responsible for that. Each one of us is responsible for what we hear in our hearts. My dad, he, he was a, if you knew my dad, he was a farmer. He could plant stuff and he would grow and it, it he'd grow garden, he'd, he'd grow enough garden for everybody here. But my dad would start months ahead plowing the field. He would plow the field and then he'd see it just lay out there for a little while and then he'd come back and he'd break it a little deeper and till the ground up and he would get it just right. And then after a while, you'd see him lay off some rows. Then you'd see him pull some fertilizer in there and he'd pull some dirt upon that fertilizer. And then he would, then he would do a lot, of, a lot of work on the soil before he ever planted the first seed. He was getting that soil ready. He was getting that soil ready for that for he, before he put the seed in. There's a lot of preparation goes before the seeds are to be planted. Things that will hinder the growth has to be removed before you can plant a seed. You must move the rocks, the roots. Growing up, my dad, we, we, we cleared a bunch of land and before and planted crops on land and behind where there was new ground. And, and in, that, in that process, there was a lot of manual work. You had to pick up the roots and you had to pick up all the rocks and carry them to the side of the field. Get them out of the field because all that was going to hinder the crop. So there's a lot of work that goes before you plant the seed. So sometimes, you know, we may be, we may be preparing to plant a seed in someone's life. but We need to till that soil by good works in their life. Sometimes we, we build relationships and then relationships breaks down walls and rocks in people's lives. And, and so we must do that But sometimes before we can plant that seed for it to flourish. 
We have to remove the things out of our, li- on our, out of our own life. And sometimes, you know, that's what our praise and worship services are. Before the word comes forth, we come in here and we sing and we worship. We're not just singing to be entertained. We're tilling that soul up. We're breaking that ground up. But where that seed can be planted, we move removing the things in our life. And, and when we walk into a service ourselves, our own responsibility should be we first when we walk into a service, we should not say, Well, let, let them sing to me and worship, then I'll hear the word. We should be breaking up that ground in our life. That's why we worship. That's why we openly worship, because we break down that thing, break down that barriers, break down the rocks in our life so that seed can be planted. Sometimes unforgiveness is sometimes the stumbling stones and there's other things like that in our life. Sometimes we have to get all that dealt with. We need to get all that dealt with before that word can come forth. Be transparent here today. I've came to service with dealing with something in my life and I sat there through the whole worship service and said, well, when I preaching gets here, I'm going to get what I need to get over it. And the seed that was planted... The seed was powerful. The seed was everything it needed to be. Because I, but, but my heart wasn't right. That seed just sat there dormant. It wasn't nothing wrong with what, the speaker. It was nothing wrong with the seed that was planted. It was just my heart wasn't right. For that seed to take hold in my life. Holding on to anything that would cause problems. Exorbing the truth of God's word is not wise. Sometimes we have to get rid of some things. We have to clean up some things in our life. Not just clean up to come to God, but we got to get some things to where that seed can be planted there. We must have a forgiveness heart to understand God's forgiveness for us. Just as there are different types of soil to receive seed, there are different conditions of the heart to receive the seeds of the gospel. The wayward ground, the wayside ground, the stony ground, and the thorny ground are not conductive for growth. Each person who has the opportunity to hear the word also has a choice of how they're going to receive that word. The word is spoken forth over you, but then you have a choice how you're going to receive that. What you're going to do with that. The response is in direct relationship to the condition of the heart how you respond to a word the same word that comes forth in a, in a service some people absorb that word some people brush that word off some people gets up and walks out because they get offended from the same word because all the difference is is the condition of the heart Jesus closed his lesson with a plea to hear what he has, was, was saying Sometimes if our heart's not right, when the the pastor stands up here and he preaches against something that we're dealing with, then we have that choice. We're going to allow that to draw me closer or is it going to allow that to draw me further away from him? And all that is our own choice. It's all, all that is conditioned on how our heart is. It was more than letting the sound waves enter the physical ear when he's talking about hear the word. It's more than just hearing the word. It was perceived what he said. It was what perceiving what he said and applying it to our personal life. Absorbing that. 
Allowing that seed, allowing that word that's spoken, allowing it to be absorbed in us and allowing something to grow inside of us. Some listened, but they did not hear. The ears heard the words, but their minds did not receive the message. These people hear the word, but, are, but it falls on closed mind and does not have the time to penetrate before the enemy swoops in like a bird and plucks it out of their heart. You know, if our hearts is hard like the wayside road and that seed lands in our hearts, the enemy's waiting there. And if it don't, we don't absorb, let it absorb, we walk out these doors and that seed's laying there dormant, there's an enemy waiting inside that door to snatch that seed that you just got away from you. The stony ground received the seed and it quickly sprouted. But because the earth was shallow, the seed only lasted for a short time. These type of people hear the word joyfully, but they do not give it time to develop deep roots. They allow that word that comes forth. They allow that word to absorb in their life a little bit, start to grow a little bit. They may come to the altar and pray. Feel God's presence and they feel like they've done something. But they don't allow it to absorb into their life and allow it to grow, but just for a short time. They hear the word joyfully and they allow it to grow, but on the surface it appears they embrace that truth. But as time reveals, the roots were not deep enough to produce a healthy plant. When that soil is shallow, they don't have many much roots. It, it don't grow very far. It don't have nothing to, to, to bound it down. We may see people come to church time and again and fall on their knees and re, re, repent of hearts. All seems well, but when they get back out in the world with their old friends and their influences, they go right back to their old life. During this hurricane, we saw a lot of trees blowed over. And I've saw some and been around that and in a lot of the cleanup effort, some of these trees, these big, huge, healthy trees that looked like they were completely healthy, that had stood there for decades. Trees that you thought was as sturdy, as strong as you could be. But when the wind blew them over, their root system was, there was just shallow roots. They, didn't, they hadn't grown down deep into the ground. And when they, you saw that, they saw that the roots had grew out shallow because they had grew into a, to a, to a, to a rock base or they had grew into something that, the hard stone in their life. And in, 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 sometime in their li the life of that tree growing. And so the roots just grow down shallow in the ground. You know, we hadn't had winds like we had during that hurricane. But when them winds and storms came along, it blowed, toppled them trees over. When we had winds that broke trees off, but the root was still there. But I've seen huge trees that had stood for decades that blew the whole stump and all out of the ground. And it was just because the root system was shallow, was deep. And that's so true in our Christian life. If you don't have some deep roots into this, when the winds of this world start blowing against you, and can I tell you, the winds may be like a hurricane force winds may blow against you. We can handle the little winds. We can handle the little normal thunderstorms. 
But sometimes life, when life, this life throws the big storms at you. You've got to have roots that goes deep. If you don't have roots that go deep, the wind will blow you over. And it will blow you over in your life. The thorny grounds in your heart that allows the cares of this world to choke out the word. Examples include unhealthy habits that binds us to addictions and toxic relationships that traps us. However, some things that are not bad even chokes out the word. We allow the things. When the seeds are falls upon in the thorns and the thorns in the thistles, we know that stuff is going to choke it out. And sometimes we allow things in our life to keep that word choked down. The seed tries to grow. But if it's in if our heart's got other things that's battling for its time. That's why a farmer, you see him, and when you see the young crops growing, and you see him go out there, and he put on the, the sweeps, and he goes down the rows, and he, he plows the field, and he cuts out the grass and the weeds beside it. And he comes back a few, few months, a few weeks later, and he does it again because he's, he's taking down the competition. And if you don't take down the competition in your heart, there's things in this world that will choke out the good that's trying to grow in your heart. Sometimes, you know, them things don't have to, as I said already, don't have to be bad things. We can allow good intentions. We can allow good things, what we consider not sin in our life, to choke out what God is trying to do in our life. Daily life can become so worrisome that we lose our way. The uncontrollable addiction of wanting more and more earthly things is a snare that traps so many people. We allow, well, just, just, I'll just work a little bit more overtime. Or I'll just do a little bit more of this just, just to get ahead just a little bit. And then I can do this for God. Or I can allow God to use me. It's just a snare that traps us. And it chokes out what God is trying to do in our life. We may find ourselves thinking more about acquiring material things then we'll one day vanish and vanish and away. Then we'll and we'll sometimes we'll allow that to take a front and foremost in things of spiritual things that will stand for eternity. We'll allow the material things of life, gaining the stuff that's going to burn away anyway. That's going to vanish. It's going to perish. We put our treasures in so many times in in things that's that's not eternal. And we'll allow that things in our life. The Bible says in Matthew 6 and 19, it says, lay, up, lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Can I tell you today, if you allow the seed of seed of this word to plant inside of you and grow inside of you, they can't nobody come take that away from you. Rust and rust and, and corruption and nothing like that's going to destroy that in your life. We need to think more about the eternal things in our life, the things that, that, that can't be took away from us, that's stolen from us. Because wherever your the Bible says in the scripture, wherever your treasure is. That's where your heart is. And so today we're talking about preparing your heart 
for the seed. And so if your heart is in earthly things, if your heart is in things of this world, that is things that's going to choke out the Word of God. You may have heard the saying, too much of a good thing. We can fill our lives with too much stuff and find out we don't have time for God. It don't have to be bad things to choke out. Choke out our time. And that's one of our most valuable resources. We've talked about, I've talked about some of the things, you know, the stuff we, we try to achieve, the stuff we try to gain. But something we all have is time. And that is our most valuable resource we all have. And that's the most valuable thing the enemy is after, is to take our time. Take our time that we have for God. All our activities, plans, relationships, and other life blessings will be enhanced if we make God and His Word a priority in our life. If we put God first, you have time for all these other things. You have time for your family. You have time for things. If you put God first, all else will fall into place exactly as God has planned it for your life. We must prepare our hearts for the Word of God. We want the ground to be to softened and to be ready for the word to be planted and to bear fruit. We will only listen, if we only listen to the word, we must apply it to our lives. It doesn't matter how much we listen to it if we don't apply it. It's just words if we just let them go into the ear. But if we don't allow it to absorb in our heart, How do we prepare our hearts to become doers of the word? We break up the fallow ground so it's soft and it absorbs and makes a personal commitment to respond to the word. As the word penetrates our mind, we purpose to obey what God is implanting into our hearts. This is the purpose of a good soul. Jesus was teaching through the parables of the sower. We hear the words and embrace it such as intent that we cannot help but share it with others thus bearing fruits. If we allow that word to grow in our life, then it will be shared into others' lives. We should evaluate the condition of our hearts frequently. That should be something we do regularly. Check and see your heart. Because your heart can be deceived. When we pray that God finds our heart soft, and find our heart pliable. It is like what we are planting and fertilizing the ground. When we make sure our heart's right, that, that's where when we're plowing and we, we put some fertilizer to what, what the word is planted in our life. When we get our heart prepared right, everything grows like it should. When we hear God's word, if our hearts are ready, we will obey the hit word. And that is the the, the the thing with that, if, 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 if you have your heart right, when that word comes in, it will grow. At the conclusion of the parable of the sower, Jesus made a statement that seems to be a prophetic word. He knew some of the hearers would not be doers. They would not apply, they would not apply what they heard to their hearts. Mark nine and 4 and 9 says, That is why he said, He that heareth, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. It was as if he was pleading with them to, to do more than just to listen, to perceive every word 
and pull it into their minds. The destiny of the seed is bearing fruit for others to see. That is the destiny of the seed, is to grow. We should make our mission, our mission to say, I will hear and faithfully obey the word of God every day. Today, as I begin to close today, I ask us today. When we hear the word and it penetrates our hearts, we are all called to action. Just as Noah rose up and built an ark to save his family from the flood, so we feel the urgency to respond to the commands of God's word. Just as Noah, when God planted that seed, hey, there's something coming. So it didn't sit, Noah didn't sit around and say, well, tomorrow I'll get started. I feel like Noah got up and he started building an ark. He started building a way to save his family. And probably people in his life was like, he was planting a seed. And he planted a seed in his life and he said, well, I got to have something to do. And he heard that seed as God planted that seed in Noah's heart. He got up and built an ark to saving of his family. So sometimes in our life when we, we feel God planting that, we feel allow, allow God to plant that seed in our life. We need to allow that seed to grow. Because I can, I'm here today to tell you, your family depends on it. If Noah would have sat back and not planted the seed, there would have been, there would have been rescue for his family. His family wouldn't have had a, res, a way of getting through the flood. We discover the joys of walking in fellowship with the Lord as we find our sure footing rooted in His truth. We long to share truth with these we come in contact with so they can be saved also. And we, we prepare our hearts for the Word. We allow that Word to be planted into our heart. And then we allow that Word to grow when that heart is right. We'll be able to reach others. And so when we prepare their hearts, prepare the soul, and we cast that seed. The Bible says cast the seeds. That's what we're called to do. We prepare our hearts. We allow the fruit to grow in our lives. And then we're called to cast the seed. Cast the seed on the waters. And we cast the seeds. God will give the increase. And today as we stand across here today, I urge you today. And this remainder of this part of this service, I urge you to prepare your heart for the word that our pastor is going to preach today. Because if that word, if your heart's not prepared, that word may just be, that word, that seed that he's going to plant in us may just lay dormant there. So today, when we begin our worship service, I urge you today to break up that fallow ground in your life. Break up that heart where that word, when it comes forth, not just in this service, but in services to come, every time you feel that seed, where that seed can be planted every day, we should break up our hearts. Prepare that soul for the seed to be planted. Let us pray today. Lord, I ask you to touch us and anoint us today. Lord, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to prepare our hearts today. Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to break up the ground in our life. And Lord Jesus, soften the soil, Lord Jesus, where the seeds can, can absorb in, Lord Jesus, and grow. Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to touch us and anoint each one of us here today. 
Minister today through us today, Lord Jesus, and touch us, anoint us, and remain a part of this service, Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.